Welcome back to Just Scrap Radio on BJPen.com. I'm your host, Cole Sheldon. Episode 50, we got a good lineup for you guys. It was supposed to be, obviously have Jim Miller, but Jim tested positive for COVID. We wish him the best, so that interview, unfortunately, will not be on. But we're first going to be joined by Devin Clark to preview his co-main event fight against Jan Kutalaba. This is a really big fight for Devin. Uh, coming off... <clears throat> coming off the loss to Anthony Smith, uh, first round stoppage loss, or first round submission loss before that beat Alonzo Manifield, which is a big upset, and then beat Taquan Townsend. He's kind of had mixed results at UFC. Like he started out his UFC career 0-1, got knocked out by Alex Nicholson, then beat Josh Stanberg and Jake Collier, then got submitted against Jan Bohovic, beat Mike Rodriguez, TKO'd against Alexander Rakic, submitted against Ryan Spann, and submitted against Anthony Smith. He's only ever fought the top guys, so... Is Iron Kutalaba that top guy? This is what we're going to have to see, but Devin feels very confident that he'll just be able to grind out a win and possibly even finish Iron Kutalaba because he knows he pays late in the fight. We're then going to be joined by Christos Yagos to preview his fight against Armin Saruki, and this is a really intriguing matchup. Armin's a guy that the, a lot of people I have heard of, from even from his management, that people have been turning him down, but uh, Gaigos decided to take the offer. He's now working at Sanford MMA. He thinks that's a great move, especially for this fight with all those high-level wrestlers. And Gaigos knows that if he can go beat Armin, he can really uh, start fighting those top 15 guys. And we're then going to be joined by Nicholas Mata to preview his fight. He was also supposed to fight Jim Miller. I decided to keep the interview in because only a few questions were about Jim Miller, so obviously those are irrelevant now. But this is more about um, making his UFC debut, like the time off. Like He was on the contender series last November, and he's just finally making that fight. And he, some, he said, like, he had to fight now because he obviously isn't making much money if he's not sitting if he's sitting on the sidelines. But this is a good chap with Nicholas Amato who's looking to win his UFC debut. And then we close things out talking to Chad Amhelliger about picking up a UFC contract on the last episode of Dana White's Contender Series. Uh, split decision win. He was a big underdog, so really good chat with Chad, my fellow Canadian, about just being another Canadian in the UFC and when he's looking to make that debut. But uh, I always appreciate you guys listening to the show. Uh, be sure to tune in next week for a really good episode for UFC 266. And be sure to share the show, subscribe. And again, thank you all for listening. All right, we're joined by UFC light heavyweight Devin Clark, who's back in action here pretty soon. Devin, how's it going, man? It's going great. Uh, full swing in camp here. and Yeah, going good. Getting ready. Uh, rebooking that uh, Ion Kutalaba fight. I know you're supposed to fight in May. Uh, you had to pull out. Like, are you were you glad that he kept this fight? Cause this is a really fun fight on paper. Yeah, I actually asked for it. Um, once I recut, because I had COVID, that's why I had to pull out of the last one. Um, then shortly after, I was like, I, I still want that fight. So, and he was healthy. We picked this date, and here we go. Yeah, and it's a it's a fun fight for me because. For the first time, honestly, I don't really like him, um, and I've never gone into a fight like not really liking the other other guy. Everybody's been pretty professional so far, um, but it, it's almost guaranteed that he'll do some stupid stuff, weigh-ins or whatever his usual, try to bully you, antics and and stuff like that. So uh, um, it's kind of fun in that aspect, getting ready for that, uh, and you know, I, I welcome it. What you make of his last fight against Dustin Jacoby? Because they fought to a draw on the, because obviously Jacoby stepped up on short notice when you had to pull out. Um, I felt like he didn't really win that fight, but it was it was a good fight. Um, it showed me a lot, you know, where his gas tank is when he's uh, wrestling and stuff like that. Uh, a very hands-on fight. I don't think he can last three rounds uh, at that pace the pace that I can deliver with the wrestling and clinch and everything like that. 
Um, so it was, it was a good eye opener for me. Uh, this uh, fight, like, how do you kind of match up your styles? Because Ion's kind of that, like, live by the sword, die by the sword. Like, he's either going for the knockout or he's getting knocked out. But you mm -hmm. have that style where you have that wrestling advantage, I think, over him. Yeah, I think I can slow the fight down a little bit with my wrestling. Uh, that's, yeah, that's probably what I plan on doing. Just slowing it down a little bit, making it my big fight, and uh, putting him into deep waters, and hopefully getting the finish. Um, haven't had a finish yet in the UFC, so it'd be nice to do that, and he's kind of a good opponent for it. And to me, I you can tell me I'm totally wrong, but I think this is very similar to like the Alonzo Manafield fight, where uh, Alonzo obviously has that like big overhand right power, same with Ion, but they're both guys that kind of have like a minute, or not a minute, sorry, a round of like cardio, and after that they kind of slow down. Like, mm -hmm. Do you think that's a similar kind of style where you're going to look back at what you did in that fight? Yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty similar. I'll have to be a little more technical in this fight. Uh, Kutlab is a little more technical than Alonzo was, so it's kind of in between. Uh, I fought Darko Stasic a couple years ago, uh, and I feel like it's you know in between Darko Stasic and Alonzo Manningfield. Those styles uh, is where Ian sits. So, um, and I handled both of them well, so it should be. Yeah, something I could definitely handle and take advantage of. And you look at his career, like when he doesn't get knocked out, a lot of most of his losses are on the ground by submission. Like, do you think that's kind of a big advantage for you is on the ground and use good jujitsu? Uh, I'm not known to be much of a jujitsu guy, but uh, I have been working on it <laughs> for several years. Uh, so yeah, it can be an advantage for sure, especially after we uh, put him where we want him, uh, get him nice and tired. Uh, yeah, I think uh, definitely think if it goes to the ground, I finish him either way, submission or TKO. Is that first round basically the biggest worry? Is like I think if you once you get out of the first round, I think your confidence kind of has to go up a lot. It does, but a guy like uh, Kutalaba, he he is still dangerous in the second and third rounds. He does gas a little bit, but he's still dangerous somehow. Um, so it's you know I just want to be able to put a full performance together, being focused the whole time. Uh, that's where I've run, run into issues in the past is getting unfocused uh, after getting up a little bit in the score scorecards and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, just staying focused the whole time, whether it's a five-minute fight or 15-minute fight, staying focused, staying aware, stick to my game plan, um, and really just picking them apart. What do you think a win over Ion like, does for you and puts you in the division? It, uh it should me it should put me around that top fifteen. Uh at least get a top fifteen opponent after this. Which is you know, that's nothing new, but um it, it's definitely a good win. I do need this win. I've never lost back to back, so I don't wanna put that into don't want make that real. So yeah, just need the win. Want the win. Um and it'll definitely be good and I think it'll be a good progress moving forward. And uh going to that next level that I've been trying to get to for the last couple of years. Uh, but in this game, it's, it's a process and, and, you know, I'm feeling it out and uh, hopefully I'm at that stage where I'm ready to progress. Hey, do you put any pressure on yourself to get that finish and get your first UFC finish? Uh, that's always there going into the fight. But then uh, stemming back from my wrestling days, knowing, knowing the score and knowing how to win. Uh, knowing how to do just enough to get the W. Uh, I think that's probably a big reason why I haven't 
got any finishes, just uh, being safe and stuff like that, get, and getting the for sure victory once I'm ahead on the scorecard. Uh, are you hoping you can try to get one more in just because this is your first fight of the year? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, if this is a five-minute fight and I leave clean, I uh, definitely would love to fight again this year. Uh, it's been a slow year for me, obviously. I haven't fought or um, haven't fought this year. So uh, my last fight was in November. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of time off, more than I'm used to. But in that time off, I've definitely had some growth um, mentally and physically. Is there anyone you really have your eye on, or at this point, it's just anyone near the rank? Is anyone that kind of gets you towards the rankings? Um, pretty much anyone. I would love to rematch any of my previous losses. So, uh, and those guys are all almost top five. So, um, yeah, I'd love any any of those rematches. I'll gladly take. And the Anthony Smith fight, like how much did you learn from that? Cause that was kind of just that weird circumstance where all of a sudden you go to now headlining a card, like, and it obviously ended pretty quickly, but Anthony Smith's like one of the top guys where you look at all your losses, they aren't kind of the top guys. You have to learn quite a bit from that. Um, for that, with that one is really more just the experience of experiencing the, uh, going into a five round fight, just the anticipation there and the main event. Um, and also losing at that, you know, you get to the main, main, main event and you lose like that. It's, you know, that, <clears throat> that's not the way you want to go. So, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was more of an eye opener and just knowing where I at, where I'm at mentally and physically. Uh, I lost my mother-in-law like the week before and, you know, I go back and forth of should I have fought or not? Um, but I'm glad I took the fight and, and, you know, I, I, it was a good experience. And this training camp, like who are kind of the main guys you're working with? Um, right now, Christian Edwards, uh, fights Bellator. He's fighting on the 18th and, um, Antonio, um, shoot, forgot his last name all of a sudden, but he's, uh, he's fighting on the, on the same card too. So, um, those guys are probably the, the main uh, practice partners, but you know, a gym like Jackson Wink, we're fighting everybody every day. So in such a good gym, there's so many guys here, amateur pro, they're all ready to go. All great training partners. I know you worked with John a lot in the past. Like, are you still kind of work with him or is he kind of off to the side? Cause he's trying to bulk up for heavyweight. Uh, we've, we've worked a little bit. Yeah. We still do some drilling and stuff like that. So uh, with him not having a fight booked, it's a little different. Um, in the past, we've we've had fights booked at the same time, so it's nice, you know, it's grinding at the same time. But you know, when, when you don't have a fight scheduled, you're not trying to be on that fight camp pace, uh, which is totally understandable. So, um, yeah, but we still drill and stuff like that. And any knowledge from him is always uh, always great. Uh, he's the best to ever do it. So, yeah, any any time I get with him is awesome. A lot harder to train him now too, especially because he added all that weight and size. He's uh he's a big boy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty cool watching his process, uh, especially saying he's going to do something, then doing it the right way, bringing in these world 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 class trainers, um, and just sticking to sticking to the regiment and uh, getting that size up, and not just getting fat, just getting that size up with muscle and yeah, he's he's a scary dude. 
uh, when do you kind of think he makes that debut? Because the heavyweight division all of a sudden is pretty clogged. Like you haven't gone to probably having to fight Cyril gone, but I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if they just bypass that, even though Gon's the two champ, if they can get Nganu to and Jones to agree, because that's like the biggest fight they can do in the UFC right now. Yeah, in my opinion, I think they should book Naganu and John in Africa and have the biggest fight card ever. Um, maybe put Izzy on it too. But you know, that's that's dreaming there. That'd be that'd be super cool, but uh not always how business works. But yeah, I'm not sure when uh when uh They'll work all that out and stuff. The heavyweight division is a little bit of a mess at the top right now when they threw in that interim title for no reason. But, um, but uh, yeah, so hopefully he gets a fight soon. Can't wait to see him fight. Hey, I just want to get quick thoughts on your division. Like, the light heavyweight division, all of a sudden, like, for years, everyone said, oh, it's, like, one of the worst in the UFC, but it's added a lot of skill to the top. Like, Jan kind of came out of nowhere, like, what are your thoughts of his kind of rise to the belt? Because you fought him, and, like, I don't really think anyone back then thought he would ever come close to winning a UFC belt. Well, I think I was kind of his start of his rise. He beat me, and then I think he won. He's only, I think he's only lost once since he beat me. Um, then he kind of gained his confidence and all that stuff or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, it's super cool to see a previous opponent uh at the top and especially one that i know i can beat and that i you know i i did decent in that fight uh like i said i was i was young young yet still learning made a stupid mistake trying to finish him and got unfocused uh so yeah definitely another one that i want back but it's, it is super cool to see him at the top and, and saying that i uh was in the cage with him and, and did decent against him at least for a round or two uh, are there any guys at the top, like not even next, but like down the line, like you just want to fight just because you think it'd be a fun fight for you? Uh, really, just the rematches. Yeah. <laughs> you got Jan, you got Rakic, uh, Anthony Smith, Ryan Spann. Um, those are all fun fights and all fights that I want back. Um, but one that's kind of an outlier would be uh, Crute. I think that'd be a, be a good matchup. The Rackage fight too. I was at that one because I'm like live right near Toronto. I don't think people like a lot of people probably just look at the records and say, "Oh, you lost the first round," but you like were like yeah. seconds away from knocking Rackage out, and like that's the most danger Rackage has been ever in the UFC. He was actually out. Um, he told me after the fight that he was actually out. He woke up in that front headlock position um, uh, from me kneeing him again. So. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, always. I hate to watch that fight, and I also love to watch that fight because I was I was winning the fight. I had him finished. The ref didn't stop the fight. Um, I was kneeing him, and I, I think I was actually like holding him up a little bit, and then his hands like hit the. They were kind of flopping on the mat, and then also the ref didn't stop the fight because of the they were illegal knees at that point, and the ref didn't stop the fight. So I don't know what that ref was doing. Uh, but either way, the fight should have been stopped right there, at least. Um, but after that, I, I, I just knew that I hadn't finished. And kind of a little bit of a energy energy dump there. And then I'm like, okay, he can't take one more good solid punch. So I went in for it, and he caught me with a lucky shot. And, and that was that. But that goes back to that focus. So um, definitely learned a lot in that fight. All right, well, Devin, man, I appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much for doing this. Hey, thank you. 
All right, we're joined by UFC lightweight Christos Giagos, who has a big fight upcoming here. Christos, how's it going, man? It's going good. It's going good. Just got done with some hard sparring today, so just recovering. Um, fighting Armin Sarukian, like that's the first thing I have to ask. Like, did this opponent surprise you? Because he's in the rankings. Like, he's been calling out a lot of the guys above him. Like, I thought he was going to get one of those top ten guys. Yeah. Um. I've heard around the grapevine that people are turning him down. It's hard to get him a fight. Um, I just took it as an opportunity to break the top 15 to get ranked. And, um, yeah, I mean, it surprised me, but uh, you take him when you can get him. And, and not much notice for this fight. Like, I think it was what you have, like four or five weeks it got announced. Like, is that kind of – or did you find out uh, a lot sooner? I think I knew about it about seven weeks. And, yeah. was it basically an immediate yes because like you mentioned like a lot of guys aren't signing up to fight armin um well yeah because at first they asked me to yeah they asked me to fight august 28th and i was like no because i'm going through a move right now i wish i had more time and then they said september 18th and i'm like literally moving from california to florida and I was worried, and I'm about to join a whole new gym, and I was worried about that kind of getting in the way. But uh, I don't like turning fights down. I, I took it as a, a chance to get a top 15 to test myself, you know, and um, just show everybody what I can do. So um, I just said, yeah, hey, let's go. Let's make it happen. Well, where are you moving to, and what gym are you going to? Um, I'm in Florida now, Coral Springs, and I'm training out of uh, Sanford MMA now. Oh, it's- is how would you kind of look at there? Because your last opponent was a, a coach <laughs> at Stanford. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Sean's super cool. Um, I was just looking up some areas, and um, you know, I, I checked out American Top Team. I talked to Mike Brown, and uh, you know, I, my management kind of pushed me to go to Stanford. Um, said it's a little bit more of a team vibe, and I kind of like that. So um, yeah, I was just like let's go, and then uh, Sean's super cool, you know, um, just you know knows business, and now we get to train together once in a while. Oh, what's that been like? There's a lot of high level guys at Sanford, and a lot of high level wrestlers that I assume you're probably working with to prepare for this one. Definitely, um, uh, it's been good. Every round is tough, so it's like you don't get much breaks. You kind of got to be sharp all the time, so it's a different kind of push. And um, it's definitely going to make me a lot better. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of fantastic guys at the gym. So just getting a lot of work with everybody I can. Uh, before we get into your fight, I just want to ask something. I remember we talked after your win against Sean, and you were mentioning how you think that Cerrone fight made a lot of sense. Did that ever, like, come close to happening, or did, was that something the UFC didn't really want? No, I don't think they wanted it. Nobody uh, hit me up about it. No, I, I didn't hear nothing about it. So I guess it wasn't meant to be. And with this fight, like, how do you see this fight playing? Because Armin's a guy that likes to push a high pace, like a good wrestler. Yeah, you know, um, I I definitely think it's going to be a, a war, you know. Um, I know he's going to try to take me down and might succeed, I'm sure, with his rate. But uh, I'm just going to really focus on trying to reverse positions, getting right back up to my feet. And um, when I get back to my feet, making them pay for it and uh, just just trying to stay on top of my game, get my cardio as much as I can get it so that I can just kind of push the pace as well. And, 
just try never stop. Never stop pushing the pace. If I'm on my back, I'm either striking, getting back to my feet, pushing him away. Um, just make it hard for him. And then um, when we get back to our feet, just kind of make him pay for it. Do you think a lot of people overlook your grappling and your ground game? Definitely. Definitely. Um, I think my grappling is a lot better than people give me credit for. But uh, it's okay. You know, I'll uh, get to show people here and there. And, um, yeah, I got uh, – it's very underrated. Let's just say that. You're first in the UFC. Like, how much better do you think you are now compared to that first in? Because, like, it, it seems like it's a totally different fighter. Like, watching your last fight back to those, like, first early fights in the UFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just a lot smarter, a lot wiser, taking a little bit more seriously. And um, just kind of learning as I go, you know, making mistakes, kind of fixing those mistakes. So, I just think I'm just a, just a better and more wiser fighter, you know, let time do its course and just a lot more mature in the sport. Uh, Armin's like a very durable guy. Like even Islam couldn't finish him. His first loss, he did get knocked out pretty quickly, but like, is this a fight that you kind of think's probably going to go the distance? Yeah. I mean, with, with his decision rate and yeah, you know, he's, um, I, I, I kind of see going to distance, just hoping I can score big on, uh, some of the rounds and um, who knows, you know, I'm going to definitely try to finish him, but he does, he's young, he's durable and um, kind of just go from there. And uh, you never know what's going to happen in a fight. So I just got to fight my, my, my ass off and uh, hopefully we, you know, pull off the victory. I know you're pretty comfortable off your back. Like you can get some good chokes off your back, but is this a fight that you're not going to really want to play that game? You're going to try to get back to feet or you get comfortable if he takes it and you're on uh, your back? If he takes feet to my back, I'll try to instantly get back up or reverse or make a, create a scramble because uh, I don't want to be on my back for too long. You know, I want to try to definitely spend as much time as I can on my feet. And um, he fought Davey Ramos. You know, Ramos couldn't really submit him off his back. So, and he has some of the best jujitsu out there. So, he seems to be very tight and um, good. But, you know, if I see the opportunity, I'll definitely snatch it. I just uh, definitely want to work more on getting back to my feet. And um, I'll play some jujitsu. And, you know, um, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, I'm going to just kind of play as it goes, you know, just how I'm training. Let it, let it, let it follow. In those, let it follow into the fight. Oh, what do you think a win over Armin does for you and puts you in this division? It puts me in the top 15. It um, makes me climb the ladder and, um, you know, hopefully uh, head towards the top 10 after that. <laughs> Are you going to have another call out in mind? Not necessarily right now off the top of my head, but maybe I'll think about that as we go. Uh, how disappointing is it? Like you go from your last fight, like the second event back with crowd. Now you're back just at the apex in front of no one. Like, like it must seem like a totally different fight. Uh, definitely, definitely. But with a fight like this, maybe it's a little better. It could be a little bit more calmer, kind of control the anxiety and uh and adrenaline a little bit. But um, it's it's just a fight. It's just somebody in front of me. That's in my way. Uh, does it kind of actually help you though? Because then it's a lot quieter, so you can hear your corner just in case you do get taken down. Like they can kind of help you out, get out of those uh, spots. Definitely, definitely, for sure. I can um, I definitely. I think it will help me. Who are the main people you're working with at Sanford for this camp? Um, I'm getting a lot of working with Saul Rogers. Um, 
he made it to the fina- uh, finals in the yeah. Ultimate Fighter. But uh, uh, George, Jared Gordon, um, and then uh, I then you get like I, I get a lot of different looks from guys from Bellator. I was uh, uh, they got some good wrestlers. I'm going with the names. I'm still trying to learn. I got to go with Michael Chandler like once or twice. Um, some guys in Bellator, Adam, Adam Bork, Adam Borix. Yeah, I yeah, assume Bork. probably Darian Caldwell is a good wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to go with Darian a little bit. So, um, just different guys every day, but, uh, definitely have the main ones like Jerry Gordon and, uh, um, Saul Rogers are the two main guys I'm going with right now. How much has life kind of changed going from California to Florida? it's way calmer. You know, uh, when I was in California, I was still working. I was training clients and teaching at gyms and I just never stopped it. So I have a lot of time off now. I get to kind of rest my body a little more. I get to focus more all on the training. So, um, it's a lot better. It's a lot calmer. And, uh, I don't have to go to like three different gyms. I can just go to one place now. <laughs> are, are you still going to be doing training on the side or is it just fully focused on fighting from now on? Uh, just, fully focused on fighting now just kind of try to make a big run and see where it goes but um maybe pick up some hobbies or something i don't know kind of enjoy the no work for a while uh just a couple more things you get your hand raised here like do you think like are you hoping one more this year you think this is probably it enjoy the holidays i don't know i think i might um enjoy the holidays only because in october 2nd i'm getting married shortly after the fight so i got to squeeze it in before so we're gonna get married, and then um, we then I want to come back and fully enjoy the house because I haven't even got to like really pay too much attention. We're doing what we can, but um, and then uh, we have family coming down for Thanksgiving. So I'll probably take the rest of the year off, try to fight early like January or February. So a bonus would be big to help pay for the wedding. A bonus would be big, and it's uh, definitely an opportunity. If I'm sure if I uh, catch something big, uh, it'll lean towards my way because this is a big opportunity but we'll see you know i'm just gonna go and definitely just try to get that double check uh just last thing i want to talk about is like you fought charles Oliveira in 2018 like when you fought him like did you ever think he'd go on this title run that he went on not really but uh that guy just kept going fight fight after fight after fight after fight and i was like damn this guy is a lot uh it's pretty good (laughs) is that kind of exciting for you that now he's the champ so if you make that run like you it's not only a shot of the belt but it's a shot at a rematch and kind of get your revenge yeah yeah definitely you know i was i was winning that fight up until i got choked out so it was um it definitely like makes me confident knowing i can hang with the guys at the top so um i just want to keep climbing the ladder and uh yeah if the opportunity comes that's great but i don't like to think that far ahead of the future i like to think about what's right in front of me and right now it's just arming uh, actually, just one more quick thing. Who is going to be your corner now that you kind of got a new gym at Sanford? Still kind of figuring that out, actually. Uh, I think they're having a the coaches meeting today. And so when I go tonight, I should uh, hopefully find out. But maybe like Nick Lentz, because I have yeah. a teammate that's actually uh, fighting on the card. Um, and Nick is going with him. So we'll probably just do that. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I should figure it out tonight. All right. Well, Chris, I appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing this. All right, no worries. Thank, thanks for having me on. All right, we're joined by UFC lightweight Nicholas Moda, who's finally making that UFC debut. Nicholas, how's it going, man? Everything good, my friend. Been training hard, work, never worked so hard in my, all my life, and I'm ready for this fight. You 
I got the UFC deal uh, last year, like to finally be able to make that walk and couple now in two weeks now, like, well, what's that kind of like for you? I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Ten years I've been I've been working so hard for that, making some so many sacrifices, and finally, finally is my time. Uh, Jim Miller, like, were you surprised this is who you're getting as your debut? Because this guy, like, he's a legend in the sport. Like, he's fought kind of everyone. Yeah, um, for me that that made me happy, and it's like it's a it's an honor for me to. To be fighting him, he's a Hall of Fame guy. He's a future Hall of Fame guy, and uh, it's an honor for me to to be able finally to finally for me finally I'm I'm gonna be able to do what I always wanted. That is make history, and I've been working my whole life and waiting my whole life for that moment. You were supposed to fight in May. I know you had to pull out. Uh, when did you like? Fully get healthy and be able to train again. Mm, let me see. Wasn't was fast. Wasn't didn't talk so long. Uh, had from the UFCPI. She she gave me a the number of like a very good doctor in in Colorado, and we did shockwave therapy. That's like a different type of therapy, and it's very. And he was very fast, and that's what I did. And were you surprised to get Jim Miller? Like, uh, I know he's a guy that's been fighting everyone, but, like, as your debut, like, were you surprised you'd be fighting him? No, I'm, I'm not surprised. No, I'm not surprised. I'm happy. <laughs> I was very happy to, to be fighting Jim Miller because he's a legend. Uh, how do you see this fight playing out? Because Jim's obviously a very good grappler, likes to push the pace early. Um, I'm playing. I'm playing like look just like uh, I always do. I'm always trying to finish fights, but I'm preparing myself for three rounds war. And he's a gamer. He's a very tough guy. And that that's that's why he's gonna go to the Hall of Fame soon. And I'm um, I'm prepared for war. That's it. Uh, is this a fight you think you can finish, or are you just fully focused of being prepared to go the fall fifteen? I think every fight, every fight we can finish. Uh, we are humans, <laughs> and my whole life I trained with some of the best fighters in the world, and I know the game. I know how it is, and. I'm prepared for that for many years already. Uh, what do you think a win over Jim does for you and puts you in this lightweight division? I think it's going to be a huge accomplishment personally and for my career. And just like I say, that I think that's my dream to be making history. And like I said, I'm here to make history and also to make money too because I've been I've, I've been working so hard and fighting my whole life and I'm still didn't make any mo I didn't make any like real money and finally I have the opportunity to be able to make some money and I'm broke as fuck and hungry. <laughs> uh yeah, I guess you haven't fought in nearly a year. So, like, is fighting your full-time job, or do you have another job on the side? Uh, I I had some 
I I always had some 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 like some like little things that I did. I used to teach a lot in New Jersey, but now all this time I'm here in Denver, Colorado. I I've been more focused on training, training, training every day, and we work so hard here. I never trained so hard in my whole life. Like we get it really like exhausted. I never been working so hard like I I've been working here in, in Colorado at Factory X. And I don't think a lot of people realize you were on Tough Brazil in 2015. Like, did you think it would take this long to get to the UFC after being on that show? Yeah, I, I thought it would be faster. Even even the bloody elbow, they made like uh, something talking about me. And they say, oh, we hope he's going to be in UFC on the next two years or something like that or three. And it took me five years and was was a lot of ups and downs, living in basements, living in different houses, not having money and so many problems and sacrifice. And I never gave up. Even I'm not, I'm going to be honest was I thought about give up sometimes just like everybody probably does on hard, hard times, but I always believe it. And I always put all my life on that. And that's why I'm UFC now. What's it going to be like to make your UFC debut in front of no one? Because I imagine you probably pictured your debut in front of this like sold out crowd like and all that. Now it's happening in front of no one. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I always dream about that. I'll be fighting on a stadium in UFC with like a big crowd. But that's okay. And I'm already fought twice on tough on that that's it it's like it's, it's basically the same cage in the same place that i fought on tough and the same place that i fought on then a white contender series so there's nothing like new or different for me uh, are you hoping with a win here you can fight a uh, one more time this year to especially just make some more money yes for sure yes Hey, do you have any opponents in mind, or is it just whoever the UFC offers you at this point? Uh, I I have, but I don't want to say nothing yet. I want to go step by step. First, I'm focused on this next fight. Then after that, I'm gonna I'm gonna say maybe in an interview I say. Uh, you gotta save something for the mic after the win. You can't be revealing all the secrets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, training at factory x like what's that been like for you because mark montoya like one of the best coaches in the sport yeah he's one of the best coaches in the sport and it's like they say sometimes we do the the great mountain it's so hard we train so hard we have like two hours practice and also the 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 amazing thing about factory x because of so many killers in a room it's like I think probably has more than 10 UFC guys in the gym. And I've been working with some some very strong wrestlers and 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 guys like that, like tough guys, and I'm prepared for everything. And there's a lot of good fighters at Factory X. Like, who yeah. are the main guys you've been working with? Because, like, lightweights, there's, like, uh, Alex Hernandez, like, Vince Pichel. And then you got guys like at 45, like Yusuf Salal. Like, there's a yeah, lot of so many guys. Yeah, like who are the main guys you're working with? I used I used to spar a lot with Yusuf, 
Uh, I, I'm training with like one of the best wrestlers in the gym. His name is Harris. Uh, he, he's on the field. He fights in LFA on one seven. Also, I was training today with ba ba Basil. He was cage field champion. He's from Pennsylvania. And I also, I, I did work with Alex Hernandez. I work a lot with Luigi Vendramini that is fighting Paddy Pimblet in UFC this week. Uh, also, men's guy, Chris Gutierrez. If I start to say names, there are so many names. And that that made me grow so, so much. And also, they have, like, good coaches. And it's like every day is mandatory. Nobody can miss practice. It's almost like the... The Marines. <laughs> I, it's I, all, I, yeah, that's that's what I say about Factory X. It's like it's like in the Navy SEALs or in the Marines. Oh my God! How did you uh, find Factory X? Uh, my manager is Jason House, and he's very he has a tight relationship with Mark Montoya. Hey, you've been there for quite a while now, haven't you? Six months. Yeah, that's what I thought. Six was... months of hard work. <laughs> Uh, your English too. It's very impressive. Like, how did you kind of start learning English? I moved to America like four years ago, and most of the time I was living in New Jersey because Marlon Moraes invited me to go to New Jersey, and they used to Marlon and Edson Barbosa. They used to live in Tom's River, and the areas that we used to train, it's like. All Americans and everybody only speaking English, so I, that's how I learned it so fast. Hey, just one more thing: like, are you hoping once like the UFC gets back to normal and like the world opens up, you can fight down in Brazil? Because oh, as, yeah. as a UFC fighter, like from Brazil, oh, I imagine that's that, been the dream. That's a dream, right? I remember the um, I, I'm, me watching the first UFC Rio. No, oh, that's crazy. That crowd. It's like so much, so many. Like, damn, it's, it would be awesome to fight in Brazil. Have you attended any of the fights in Brazil, like as a fan? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I think in Rio. Uh, gonna be a lot different as a fighter then compared to a fan. Oh, uh, that that would be so awesome. Yeah. All right, well, Nicholas, that's all I have for you. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, bro. I, I like bjpen.com. I like their website. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, thank you, man. And BJ's a legend. All right, we're joined by the newest Canadian on the UFC roster, Chad N. Helliger. Chad, how's it going, man? I'm doing awesome, man. I uh, had a great week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, first off, another Canadian joined the UFC, like, not many of you guys. So like, what's it like to now be in the UFC, and especially Canadian, because there's few and far between for them. You know, it's still kind of surreal. I still don't really. Uh, it hasn't really even hit home that uh, I'm I'm in the UFC. I've just it's something you've wanted and visualized for so long, and then when it finally happens, you know, I don't really know what to do with it. But it feels great. And I got a really a lot of support from. Uh, from just everybody across the country. I've got messages from so many people that are just excited and can't wait for my next fight. And just feels good to, uh, to give the country something to root for. Uh, before we get into your fight, I kind of want to touch on like this last year. Cause I'm up by like Toronto. So I know what like the Canadian regional scene is like, like it was shut down at like last year, like nothing was going on. So you have no fights. I know you were scheduled for contender series last year. That kind of fell through because of all the visa stuff. 
Then you're supposed to fight in what March or something. You end up getting COVID. You pull out. Like, what's kind of this whole past like year, sixteen months, kind of been like for you? It's been really hard, man. Really hard because um, I was at a very important point in my career, uh, and it's really hard to keep the momentum when you're dealing with all these curveballs. But uh, I just, you know, never took my eye off the prize, and I knew what I wanted. So when I finally did get my opportunity, you know, I was already training hard, and I was going to make it count, and I did so. Hey, you get this opportunity and then you get like uh Muad Gafarov, who we talked before you fight, like this is a guy that was signed to the UFC at one point and like one blocked it. Like you were, I, I don't know if you were the biggest underdog. You might've been the second biggest underdog on the card, like going into it. Like then that's your fight. Like, what was that kind of like? Cause I think a lot of people kind of expect you to lose that one. Yeah, it was uh it was a tough fight, but you know, this time off I had in between fights as frustrating as it was, um, I, I didn't deviate from the plan. I still trained really hard. I, I made improvements where I knew I needed to. So uh, every time I get in there and I fight these guys, uh, I'm a different animal uh, every time. So, you know, me and my team, we didn't think I was going to lose that fight. You know, yeah. I, I know a lot of other people did, but we know uh, what I bring to the table. And, uh, you know, I'm not scared of any of these guys. Any of these guys in the world, I know I can handle them. So whichever way I have to beat them is, is how I can beat them too. I got a lot of skills, so. And that fight, I think he kind of slowed down a lot after the first round. Like, is that something you guys were expecting? Because I actually thought it would probably go the distance. I thought it would be like, I thought he would be able to go three hard rounds. Like, I was surprised he gassed out, or not gassed out, but like slowed down quite a bit after the first round. The fight played out, um, I'm not exaggerating, 100% how we thought it would. Um, I knew that I was going to keep a really high scramble pace, so not give him any easy takedowns or control time and it's hard on me too but just to keep moving I know he didn't do very well with that he likes to get his little breaks in on top and I, I tried not to give him any uh, I knew I had to deal with um, some of his dangers in the first round you know I was in some compromising positions but I just kept moving I knew that was his best chance to win the fight and then once we got through round one I knew I'd be able to start taking over start stopping more takedowns start start implying my game and you know I didn't want to Everybody was kind of giving me a hard time about the takedowns and, oh, you know, I still need to work on my wrestling. Not really. I, I didn't want to wrestle this guy because he's a wrestler. I wanted to plant my feet and throw hard shots. And that might mean getting taken down sometimes. But uh, I'd rather get the shots and get the offense off that I want and then deal with shutting down his offense than uh, I, I don't want to be on the back foot playing defense all, all fight. So, you know, the fight played out exactly how we wanted to, and I was able to, uh, to get the win. Uh, I felt pretty good about it because – you know, a lot of hard work and game planning, and it, and it all came to fruition. I know you dropped him at one point. Like, did you think he was really hurt, or do you think it was just kind of one of those like flash knockdowns? He was already right back to it. I saw his eyes going all kinds of different directions when I was trying to ground and pound and finish him. He was uh, very, very hurt, very rocked, um, and I poured a lot into trying to get that finish and uh, dumped a little bit of energy, but that's all right. He's tough. He's in really good shape too. That that's what helps you bounce back from those things when you get rocked is when you train hard and you're in good shape. And uh, I knew his, his, his brain was rattled, but um, his body pulled him back into the fight. So he's tough. He's resilient. So I, I, I'd always kind of assumed this fight was going to go the distance. Um, but, yeah, it would have been nice to take him out early. And you go to the scorecards. Like, were you surprised – or, like, not surprised, sorry. Like, what were kind of going through your head? Because that was a super close fight. Like, you don't really know what the judges are seeing. Yeah, it's hard because I knew I knew I won. Um, you know, when you're in there with another guy and you're fighting, you can feel it on each other. You know, I mean, they have their fight stats and they've got 
punch stats and all this stuff, but we know what, what really happened in there. And I knew I won that fight. I knew that if that fight had kept going or two more rounds that he was not walking out of there and he knew it too. But the doubt starts to creep in when, you know, you hear split decision, you know, I start kind of stressing out about maybe I let him control too much time and blah, blah, blah. But I'm really glad the judges got it right. Obviously some fear crept in when I was waiting, but when the fight was over, I mean, my team came in basically trying to hoist me on their shoulders. They were sure I won. His team came in. They were all dejected. You know, they knew they lost. So uh, I'm glad the judges eventually got it right, but they had me a little nervous. Uh, you get your hand raised. Like, what is that kind of emotion like? Because you're a guy that started your career two and five, and then you kind of just change everything. And and I know most people, if they start their two and five, they're going to start fighting like oh and six guys to try to build that up. You fought guys with all either 500 or winning records and then you fight even like the are uh the rise bandway champion you fight brady highstand who was i even heard about him before that fight like how did he beat you he was getting signed to the ufc so like all that you've been through like when you find out you won and then get a ufc deal like what are kind of those emotions like i mean it, it's awesome but i also um i know i've been doing the right stuff all along i've been ready for this moment so i've been fighting tough fights because that's what's going to happen when he gets signed to the ufc so you think you're doing yourself a favor by by avoiding some of these tough guys to get into the UFC. You're not doing yourself a favor. So this is what allows me to enter fights like the Mew and Gavarov fight with confidence because I know I'm doing all the right things and I always have for my whole career. I, I don't I, I don't take the easy way ever. So it made me very prepared to get the win. So when I got it, you know, I wasn't I was happy, but I was not surprised. I wasn't shocked. I worked hard for it. I visualized it. I made it happen. Um, so yeah, I was just enjoying it more than uh, I was being kind of swept away with the, the shock of it. And then you're obviously very happy you win, but the flip side of it, you're the first fight of the night and you just kind of have to sit there for like two hours wondering, am I going to get signed? Like, what are you kind of doing during that time where you're just kind of sitting back watching the fight? Like, are you overthinking that stuff? Or are you trying to like not even worry about if he's going to sign you or not? You know, it, 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 it's like a whole hour or more. I don't know what it was when you're waiting there, um, but it goes by in like, feels like minutes, man, because you're, it's just a whirlwind. I mean, win a big fight and there's so much going on and I'm still, I mean, I'm going over things with my coaches, my, you know, I'm still, my head still hurts, you know, my ribs are sore. I still just had a hell of a fight. So, you know, I'm just sitting there icing my, icing my foot a bit and, and the time went by pretty quick. It, it wasn't, I didn't have a whole lot of time to sit and stew on it. And, you know, it was actually pretty cool because it's like this, you know, feels like two wins in one night. You know, I got this huge win in this fight over over Muin, and then I get this other second huge win by Dana giving me the contract. So, I mean, it's as good as it can be. I'm very, very happy with how it all went. Well, when Dana was talking, did you think you were getting the contract? Because it was like, oh, I don't know if he's going to get it. And then he's like, oh, he's Canadian. He pulled up this big upset. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Chad's getting it. Well, you know, I don't know. He does that on purpose and kind of messes you. But I was the first guy, too. So I don't know. I, I feel like after I got mine, a lot of the pressure was off on the other guys. You could tell that, um, you know, we all fought really tough fights and, and that it was going to that a lot of people were going to get contracts that night. But I was the first one. So you never know. Right. I don't know what uh, what is what his mood's going to be or, or if he's happy or not happy. And I was sitting there with only a split decision win. So I didn't sit there with all the confidence in the world. The guys behind me, they had quick tkos and and it kind of sucks because you know i showed all my skill my heart i i earned that win very very much not that the other guys didn't earn theirs but it's almost like i would have felt very you know very uh shafted if um 
you know, guys with a quick TKO got in and somebody like me who poured, you know, 15 minutes of himself onto the cage didn't. But Dana knows. He knows fighting more than anybody. So uh, uh, he made the right choice by signing me. And when are you looking to make that debut? Like, you hoping it happens this year? Yeah, man. I got, I got a little bit to organize in, in my own personal life because um, fighting takes a lot out of you. Like, I, I committed everything, every uh, waking minute I had to winning this fight and training for it. So I got a little bit of catch-up to do. I, I certainly owe, owe my girlfriend a couple of dinners yeah. um, that, that she hasn't gotten for three or four months. So I got a little bit of catch-up to do. But once I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm caught back up, I'm jumping on the phone and, and trying to find a, a fight. I want to fight this year. If everything went great, it'd be something like December. But um, things have, have, are happening so fast, it, it hasn't even – I haven't even gotten to that point yet to start planning. So. I don't know if you've been asked this or even you put much thought in it. Are you planning to ever go to the PI to see about maybe jumping back down to flyweight? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've talked about it. And, I mean, it's something I can do. But the reality is um, I, can't do, I can't do the rest of my life, um, like uh, my job and, and all that stuff if I'm dropping down to 125. I can't work eight hours a day and then train five hours at night if I'm not eating and I'm, and I'm thinning myself up. If the UFC gives me the ability to not have to work eight hours during the day, then I can make 125. So it's kind of um, it's something I'm going to talk to my manager about a bit. Uh, I know I can beat these guys at 135, uh, and I fight my best fights at that weight. You know, even though sometimes I might feel like I'm giving up some size, I've just always fought better when I'm fighting at 135. So it's like you know I I'm so split on it that I don't I don't care either way. My manager could say. Or, or my manager and my coaches, they could say, no, 125 is the only thing that makes sense to you. I'd say, okay. Or they say, no, no, 135 is the only thing that makes sense. Okay. I mean, I don't really care, but I know 125 is difficult um, when I'm working and training and all the things that come with it. So uh, I like 135, but essentially I'm, I'm going to definitely listen to what my coach and managers uh, think as well. Because 125 is still uh, a little bit more wide open for me to, to plow through there and get to the top. Yeah, that's just because I was thinking, because like flyweight, you look at a lot of these guys that get signed, like you get the right fight off the bat and you're already fighting a top 10 guy where Bantamweight like is one of the deepest divisions. Like it could take mm-hmm. six, seven to fight before you even talk about getting a ranked guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's lots of gives and take on both sides, but also 135, I can just take fights. I can yeah. train, I get less injured and um, I can fight more. Uh, I don't need a lot of notice. Um, I can stay, you know, more consistent in just my, my body. I'm not, you know, going up and down. Um, so I don't know. There's give and take for sure. But, yeah, I'm open to um, to people's thoughts on it because I, I can do either. So, Do you have anyone in mind for your debut? Is it just whoever the UFC offers you and just get that first win out of the way? Yeah, I'm not really getting too far ahead of myself for Carlos. There's a ton of people out there that I, I'm, I'm, I think are great matchups. So I really don't see a scenario of me getting a name from the UFC and me, you know, not wanting it. There's just, I, I want them all. So uh, whichever order they want to do it in, I, I don't really care. There's exciting fights out there. I've fought a lot of grapplers uh, trying to negate my game. And I think by now I've finally shown that I've, I've, I've got the grappling credentials as well. So give me a fun fight. Give me somebody that wants to, uh, to mix it up a bit more. Uh, just a couple more things. I don't know if you've thought about this fight, but this is one, like I don't even think next, but I would just want to see is, Ricky Tercios, because he won tough. I know you have, like were talking about going on tough. Like he obviously beat Brady in a close fight. You fought Brady, and like you versus Ricky would just be a very fun fight. That's a perfect example of a fight that I'd love. So that's you know that's one of the reasons why um, 
I'm still so attracted to 135 as well because there's guys out there that aren't huge that are exciting fights that a real firefight. You know, I don't want to, you know, kill myself with weight cutting to 125, get this crazy, fun, exciting opponent and not be able to, to, to do it. And at 135, I know I can get in a real uh, firefight with some of these guys. And yeah, Ricky Turkios would be a great fight. It'd be a great fight for me. It'd be a terrible fight for him, but we'll see. Hopefully we get it. Your teammate in Hakeem, like how much did he help during this time? Just because he's already in the UFC, like he's fought a bunch. Like, like how much did that kind of help you in this experience? Yeah, Hakeem's the man. And he just continues to show us that we're you're doing the right things, right? So, you know, he shows if you show up and you work hard and you listen to coach that you're going to get places. He showed it by doing it. Uh, he leads by example. And um, yeah, and not to mention, he's just a great training partner. I mean, you can't ask for anybody better, nobody better in the country or almost the world uh, for for a training partner. So yeah, I'm very lucky to have, have Akeem uh, kind of help, you know, trailblaze for us. Yeah. And how big is that for your gym? Because I've even talked to like people from like that train with like Stipe because he's at some small gym and like they just where they always get told like oh if you're gonna make it you have to go to one of these big gyms or you have to go down to like florida and go to att or whatnot but like steve's gym's perfect example like he came heavyweight champ hakeem is like a top 15 guy in featherweight from like a small gym in calgary like how big is that where now you know that you can become a high level fighter without with staying at home and not having to go somewhere yeah absolutely and i've always thought that it's just you know we're getting a little bit more proof now that people are doing it but i mean these guys that are, have to go travel around and go to these other super gyms, uh, they're just looking for something. You know, they have their own mental uh, uh, blocks or, or challenges that they feel like they need that stuff around them to be good. But, I mean, it's just not true. You can be as good as and as hard as you want to train. I mean, to, you don't need to always be sparring hard with, with people your style and size. If I want to prepare for a fight, I got plenty of – I don't have all the – MMA fighters in the world in our gym, but I'll to go jump in with all our black belts that are my size in, in jujitsu, or I'll jump over to our pro Muay Thai kickboxing guys and do run. Like it, it's all there for you if you make it work. So I don't know. A lot of guys get way too hung up on that, thinking they need a special coach or special training partners. The reality is it comes down to you and where you're training. And, you know, COVID's a good example of it. It comes to people because couldn't handle having to do some work on their own. And some people thrived on it. So, yeah, it's it's up to the individual. But I don't think you need to go anywhere to, to be as good as you can be. You can do it anywhere. Uh, last question before I let you go. It looks like you're at work, I guess. But um, uh, perfect scenario. I don't know. Maybe you don't want it. Maybe your debut is with Hakeem's return fight. Because I assume Hakeem probably wants to return end of year, early next year, same as you. Yeah, that'd be great. That, that, that's such a strong... Um, it's just such a strong atmosphere for our gym and we have two of our top guys uh, getting ready for fights. It just brings that out and everybody in the gym. So, I mean, that'd be great uh, for sure. Um, but we we're both pros. We both done it for a long time. You know, if, uh, if we got to go solo to some strange country to fight on our own, no big deal. We can do that too. So it'd be great if we could do it together. It'd be great if we get one back in Canada too. Um, but you know, we'll see no, no rush and, and, uh, uh, not afraid of any scenario with or without uh, the teammate there. All right. Well, Chad, I appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay. Thanks, man.